all cross-boundary districts and intra-district movement of public transport and by private vehicles or border borders is hereby suspended for 42 days starting today. But the food markets should remain open only that the, the, the sellers should, should camp there. As women continue sleeping in the markets, what happens to the children as the moms continue to engage with the daily struggle in this 42-day lockdown ordered by Uganda's President Yoel Museveni? Our children are very young, as in the, the oldest is seven. But for others, like I've got a colleague whose child is in senior three, he's a 16-year-old. What parents like that have to do or they end up doing is bringing those children with them to the market rather than leaving them at home on their own. It's already been a tough year and a half since the first lockdown. My name is Eric Minemugaj. I'm a Ugandan based in London and I have been speaking to my fellow country people to hear how they are coping with the latest restrictions. This is a 42-day lockdown podcast. Moms with their children at the marketplace. My name is Tafumba Susan. I'm a trader in Nakawa Market. I currently stay in the market since the lockdown started. This Saturday, it will be 21 days since we entered lockdown. That's how I work it out because the day we entered lockdown was a Saturday, so I know that every Saturday makes seven days of lockdown. I have been working in the market for up to 20 years. Initially, I was working with my parents. Um, I was taking evening, evening classes at Makere Business School at university. Um, and at the same time, I used to work in the market with my parents. When I finished studying, I looked for work, but I could not find uh, or secure any job. But because I had some business experience, I started my own business. Uh, I stopped working with my parents, got married, and my husband got me some capital and started to be a sole trader working on my own. So, um, I have been working on my own without my parent for about eight years. So I'll take you to the first lockdown. And the first lockdown was not much different from this one, um, as in the president ordered us to stay in the market. Uh, we obeyed those rules and started staying in the market uh, as we were told. We gained some experience from the first lockdown. So we had never been through this experience of staying within a market. Uh, we did not know what to expect. Uh, we were not aware that we could bring items like beddings with us. So most of us just packed some clothes in our bags and made our way to the market. Um, so we used to uh, uh, camp on the floor using plastic bags or wrap clothes to go through the night. 
Within, with the second lockdown, we know what to expect. We know what we needed, so we came better prepared. Those of us who were able were allowed to bring mattresses. Not everybody was able to, um, but we were able to bring mattresses, blankets, sheets um, to make ourselves better, um, more comfortable. In the first lockdown, though, we had better customers, better customer turnout than this one. Uh, in the first lockdown, people had spending money as opposed to this current lockdown. People don't have any money to spend, so we're staying in the market, hoping to get customers in the morning to sell to, but we're not getting them as we hoped. We barely see any customers. It could be that um, uh, because of the limitations on the transport. So in the first lockdown, the private cars were allowed to move around as opposed to this lockdown. Um, there's a total limitation on uh, private cars, uh, which has limited movement of passengers. We did not have that problem or that issue in the first lockdown. In the first lockdown, communication to our families was very difficult. Um, my housemate did not have a phone, so I relied on calling the neighbors to reach my children to ask them how they were, if they needed anything for me to send to them. With this lockdown, we had the previous challenges to learn from and prepared a bit better. We realized the importance of having good communication links at home. So I decided to buy a phone for my housemaid, which cost around 30,000 shillings, and I left it at home with my family. Uh, it has made communicating with my children much easier. I can call them to find out how they're doing and find out what supplies they might need at home, and then I can send it to them. In the previous lockdown, we got help from different non-government organizations which supported women with supplies, for example, sanitary pads, soap, and blankets. And from the government, uh, we received mosquito nets. Unlike the current lockdown, we have not yet received any response from either non-governmental uh, organizations or from the government itself. The only thing the government has provided are mosquito nets, which were not enough. Some people received, others didn't. So we still have some issues that we had in the first lockdown and they've carried on into this lockdown, especially for us women. We have issues of sanitation, as in we don't have privacy when we need to have showers. So you either have to go very late in the evening to have a shower or very early in the morning. And we often find that we have to use the same spaces as men, um, which has made privacy for us really challenging. So you either have to get up very early between three to four o'clock in the morning if you want some privacy, 
uh, by the time it gets to five o'clock everyone is up and you you're not guaranteed to have privacy um in the first lockdown we asked for um sanitary places or bathrooms for us women but we were unable to secure it we still have the same challenges in this lockdown uh, of having to have showers in very dark places just to maintain our privacy in the first lockdown uh, there were some lorries we could climb on to get our children so you could work uh, the whole week up until friday or saturday jump onto a rolly and to see uh, to go and see your children uh, but with this uh, lockdown movement is very very restricted so it's very challenging to get our families so we haven't been able to go back to our children we can only reach them via the telephone which is very challenging for us and the children so i've got a young one uh, that's only four years old and i can only speak to him on the phone my child gets distressed because she wants to be with me she misses mommy's love and attention the situation is even complicated further because i'm a lone parent even though there is communication it is not enough to convince a child it's not like we are able to communicate via video calling which would be uh, a bit better for a child um, but God has been good to us uh, that the children are in good health um, and they are okay where they are. So um, my children are very young, as in the, the oldest is seven. But for others, like I've got a colleague whose child is in senior three, he's a 16-year-old. What parents like that have to do or they end up doing is bringing those children with them to the market rather than leaving them at home on their own. The older children, like a, a teenager, it's difficult to monitor them when you're in the market. Uh, they end up just loitering around the village or the town. So it's better if they come with a parent to the market, then you can keep an eye and see what they're doing and monitor them better. So the communication is there, but it's not, uh, it's not very good. <laughs> There are some people who don't stay in the market, um, but they have to come to get food for their children. So they choose to commute back and forth daily from home to the market um, because they cannot afford to leave their children alone at home. Uh, because some people don't have what to feed their children at home, they opt to come to the market to trade and uh, decide to do maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Or others decide to do uh, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, rather than stay at home and they understand there's no customers in the market, but even though there's no money coming in you can at least get food to send to your families so you, you rather go to the market and at least then you can get food to give to the border border to send back to your uh, children rather than staying at home uh, now the situation in the market is difficult but we're hoping there will be 
uh, the lockdown will be ending soon. So um, drawing from the first lockdown, uh, when uh, the president started uh, distributing food, um, it was quite close to unlocking the nation. Um, and now we we recognize that if he's he's just starting to give the hundred thousand shillings to people, he might decide to extend the lockdown. We are assuming that he will now hand out the hundred thousand shillings and open up the lockdown, open up the nation straight away. So we think that after forty-two days, that's from our understanding and and thinking that after the forty-two days of lockdown, he might end up extending it. We understand the need for the lockdown. Uh, this time around, it's possible to lose a loved one. We are aware of people who have been affected. Um, people we know within the market have died, neighbors. We have heard from uh, people on our local Nightwatch group who have been affected by COVID. Actually, we think he made the right decision to lock down because so many people are dying have died or are still dying of covid and we uh, we think that if he did not lock down so many people would have perished to covid so some of us who are educated at b and can speak english we have a garden app so we get orders via the app and uh, pack them uh, ready for dispatching to the customers. If you do not get any orders, then you just have to sit around and wait for customers. Uh, you can have your breakfast and sit around waiting for customers. Uh, the first thing we do in the morning is uh, communicate with our family to find out if they are okay, if everything is okay at home. If they are not well, then you find out what to do or make plans. Um, and once you've heard from your family, then you wait on your customers. So customers stop coming to the market uh, about 5, 6 o'clock. Uh, the border borders stop operating at 6 o'clock because of the curfew. So you find that 5 o'clock customers are stop, have stopped coming so that they're not out uh, beyond the curfew time. If it's raining, the conditions in the market are very bad because there's a section that is very, very uh, muddy. It can be cold as well. So when it rains, it's a bad day because the customers do not come to the market. So uh, when it rains, it really affects business. Um, so customers who come to our market uh, live locally, and most of them walk to the market. But due to the rain and the conditions on the road, they decide not to come. And so do the border borders, which affects us really, market traders. And also for us, the market gets really, really cold when, when it rains. Right now, the
so yeah you have to wrap up warm in the market if you have a blanket you wrap yourself up to keep your, keep yourself warm mm -hmm. so the money we use uh, for trading is borrowed uh, within the market there are money lenders that we borrow from uh, if you're able to you you can go to the banks to borrow banks are very difficult when it comes to lending because they require collateral security which involves land titles or property in your house uh, to put as collateral securities, which is very difficult for women like us, including myself. So um, for many women, you find that the responsibility of raising children falls on them. So women worry about having their children fed and where they stay. They do not worry so much about, um, you know, you're not gonna worry about buying a sofa to put in your house or buying a fridge in your house as long as your kids are comfortable the only luxury you might spend money on is a tv to keep the children entertained so if the bank is to give you money there isn't much property to use as collateral so the only option then is to use the money lenders and they have a really high interest um uh, the charge on the money you borrow from them so you find that you're in that situation and you can only rely on uh, on those money lenders. So another option is um, we go to our uh, traders, friends in who come to trade and I might get products from him, for example, green peppers without giving him any money. So then I trade all day and pay him later. So, um, that's another option. So uh, women struggle a lot. Uh, we have to rely on friends and other market traders borrowing goods from them and then we pay them at a later date, maybe the next day or, or another time. So if you already uh, owe them money, they'll opt the next day they will decide not to lend you any goods and at the same time they'll be requesting for you to pay back the money that you owe them uh, because of the situation uh covid has brought on us some people who used to lend five hundred thousand shillings now have decided to lend much less so they'll say instead of five hundred thousand shillings i'll lend you two hundred thousand others have stopped altogether and are not lending in the future, uh, I plan on working at home. I want to become a farmer, farming animals and chickens and working uh, for myself without leaving my family at home. Uh, so yeah, it's my dream in the next 10 years that I'm working at home. That was Susan Tafumba from Nakawa Market, Kampala, Central Uganda. Thank you for sharing your story. The interpretation from Luganda to English was by Pasi Fiona Suna. Thank you again for listening and please do follow your respective government guidelines. Until tomorrow for the next episode, thank you.